You are welcome to a great moment in destiny. God is about to speak directly to you and the message coming right up is crafted by heaven not just to challenge you but to align your destiny. As you embrace divine instruction, expect that God's word is bringing about revival, healing, restoration and transformation to your entire life. With faith in your heart and great expectation, join me and receive God's word through his choice vessel. Apostle Goodheart, Obi Ekweme. Isaiah 9, verses 6 to 7, shall we read together as a family? One, two, three, go. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful. Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace, of the increase of his government and peace, there shall be no end upon the throne of God, upon, sorry, upon the throne of David, I beg your pardon, and upon his kingdom to order it and to establish it with judgment and with justice from henceforth even forever, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. Somebody shout Amen. Can you reach out to your neighbor and tell them the zeal of the Lord will perform it? The zeal of the Lord will perform it. Hallelujah. So we lift our hearts and our voices to thank you for the awesome privilege to gather again under this open heavens. It is truly unto you and you alone will gather and beseech you again. To take the call of fire from the altar of heaven and on the lips and the tongues of clay of this seven son of yours. That today I will come to your people that thus said the Lord. Help me to go beyond my study, contemplation and memory to speak expressly of every counsel. Move every man, every woman, every boy, every girl from under the sound of this preacher. Whether in this room or across the nations. From where we are to the place you reserve for us. And we vow as always to give you the praise, the glory and the honor in Jesus' wondrous name we have prayed. Let believers shout a big amen. amen. Whilst you're sitting once again announce to your brother and sister, the zeal of the Lord will perform it. And you may be seated. Beloved, the text before us this morning is one of the many prophetic scriptures that speaks of the birth of Jesus. Several thousands of years before this event actually occurred in time. As we take time to serve scriptures from Genesis to Revelation, we continually see that God declared and prophesied several events that happened in the future before they ever, ever happened. He uses vehicles of mercy, instruments of mercy, uh, prophets and his servants to declare the counsel of the Lord. The Bible declares in Amos 3, 7, Sure, the Lord, the Lord will do nothing except he reveals his secret unto his servants, the prophet. The Lord will do absolutely nothing except he reveals them to his prophets. The Bible does say in 2 Peter 1 verse 21, For the prophecy came not in old time by the will of man, but holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. Now the prophecy did not come in time of old, not by the will of men, not because of their, their feelings or their excitement to declare seven things. No, they were moved by the Holy Ghost 
And then they declare the counsel of God. The Bible made us understand that they spoke by inspiration. They spoke by the breath of God. Job 32 verse 8 says there is a spirit in man. And the breath of Almighty God gives him inspiration. There is a spirit in man. And these prophecies came from God but through mortal lips. Uh, did not add to what the Lord gave them to speak. Nor did they extract or separate from it. This book simply thus said the Lord. We find again that in, 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 in Jesus' life, we're made to understand that he came, as a matter of fact, to us, to the world when he came, in what the Bible describes as the volume of the books. Uh, Hebrews 10, 7 says, Then said I, Lo, I come in the volume of the book, it is written of me, to do thy will, O God. He came in the volume of the book written concerning him. In other words, Jesus identified the things that were written concerning him. Once upon a time, he stepped into the temple to read the scriptures and he turned to Isaiah and the Bible says he identified where it was written concerning him. <laughs> and he began to read from Isaiah. It was written concerning himself. What am I saying? The Bible, the book of life, has by way of content all that pertains to your life and your destiny, but you must discover it. You must discover As Jesus came in the volume of the book written concerning him, beloved, you also have a particular volume of book written concerning you in the word of life. Oh yes, oh yes. It was spoken concerning Jeremiah the prophet, Jeremiah 1.5, that before uh, you were conceived in the womb of your mother, I knew you. Before you were born, I ordained you to be a prophet to the nations. Before there was a conception, before there was a birth, God said, I knew you. <laughs> so beloved, your life did not begin when you were conceived or when you were born. Before you showed up, you had life with God. The Bible begins to tell us in Psalm 139 verse 15 concerning our, our times, our seasons, etched in the hands of God, but also written in the volume of his books. Psalm 139 15 says, my substance was not hid from thee. When I was made in secret and curiously wrought in the lowest part of the earth, then I did see my substance, yet being unperfect and in thy book. Hello, sir. Hello, ma. In what? In thy book. All my members, my legs, my hand, my brain, my kidney, my liver. All of my members were written, they were documented, which in continuance were fashioned when as yet there was none of them. Beloved, life becomes an exercise in futility when you don't know what is written concerning you. You're living by trial and error, hocus pocus. But when you identify what is written concerning you, Nothing can cut short your life. Yes, sir. A man of vision and a man of dream is unkillable. A man who has captured a divine vision and dream in the Holy Rit cannot be stopped. It's been said often times, you cannot do anything about an idea whose time has come. You discovered from the book. <laughs> Track with me. Beloved, Jesus 
located himself in the scriptures. Locate yourself there too. Your members were written. He knew your birth. He knew your marriage. He knew what you will do, what you will achieve. He knew it, but you may not know. But identify yourself in the book. You see, the Bible is not just a historical book. It's the book of life. There are books, but there is the book. The book of life. The Bible is a mystery book. And as long as the Bible is closed, men's destinies are closed. Weeping continues until the book is opened. The Bible gives you a GP to track your life and your destiny. You're never lost with this GP system. <laughs> there is a north of it, Genesis. There's a south of it, Malachi. There's a east of it, Matthew. There's a west of it, Revelation. You can track your future here and be absolutely sure as he spoke concerning you, so it shall come to pass. It's a mystery book. The Bible declares in Psalm 16, 11, Thou will show me the path of life. There is a path of life. It's not found in geography books or history books. It's found in the word of life. In thy presence is fullness of joy. At your right hand there are pleasures forevermore. Let me say it again. Anyone who is going to live a fulfilling, exciting, a colorful and adventurous life must be a man and a woman of the book of life. I said earlier, weeping continues as long as the book is closed. Revelation 5 verse 4 says, And I wept much, it's much weeping, and I wept much, John the Divine, and I wept much, why was he weeping? Because no man was found worthy to open and to read the book, neither to look thereon. But he said, they said to him, weep no more. There's one who is worthy. He is a lion of the tribe of Judah. He fought he prevailed, is able to take the book from the hand of God the Father and to lose the seven seals. Therefore, the book is no longer sealed. It's only closed to those who allow the enemy to close their eyes to the book of life. It's accessible to everybody. Hallelujah. I heard a preacher say once that the Bible will either keep you from sin or sin will keep you from the Bible. How true. Beloved, it is important for us as believers to go beyond our Bible study to be limited to Wednesday or Sunday in church to make the word of life a true companion. Befriend the scriptures. Befriend the word of life. Because if you're going to grow spiritually, you're going to be a man and a woman of impact. It can only be by the word. You must know it is written. It is written. It is written. Three times after 40 days waiting and fasting, Jesus, he was accosted thrice by the enemy. And his only response, each of the three times, it is written. It is written too. It is written. And guess what? The enemy bounced off. Somebody once said, 
You need to know what is written in the book of life to write off the devil on your case. Did you hear me? You must know what is written to write him off. It is written in the book of life concerning you will live and not die. And declare the works of God. It is written in the book of life. Your life is hid with Christ and in God. It is written that you are the head and not the tail. Above only not be there. It is written that by faith you will triumph over every works of the enemy. This is the victory that overcomes the world. Even our faith. First of 5 4. It is written the Lord who is with you has sworn never to leave you nor forsake you. Never means never. Whether you feel him or don't feel him. You don't have to feel God all the time. I just know God is there. There are times I feel him. I enjoy feeling him. But I don't always feel him. When you can't trace him, trust him. We walk by faith, not by sight. Something is happening here. I see by the injection and the inoculation of the light of God's word, darkness is being dispelled and repelled today. You will solely find where you are, you are free in a particular area. Your amen sounds like it needs a revival. Hallelujah. Our text opens up by telling us that unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. You family say oftentimes that children are born, but sons are given as gifts. A son is not a child. Every parent desires to see a child become a son. If your child is always a child every year, you'll be concerned. But when you see your child growing in maturity, it's a concerning Christ in Luke 5, Luke 2, 52, that he, he, he grew in stature, in wisdom, and in favor before God and before men. He was growing. You ought to be growing too. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I mean, you're in a house of revival. The question is, how much growth have you experienced in this year? You can't afford to remain where you were at the end of this year, where you were last year. There must be marked, appreciable growth and development. I become excited seeing many people in this house who clearly enough, they're growing in spirit. They're growing in the world. They're growing in might. When you see them here stand, lead prayer, or teach the word of the Lord, you can see there's a robustness in their spirit. There's growth and development. That should be the case for everybody in a house like this that is called a house of revival. To be at one place for too long is not of God. No. No. Weeping may endure what? For a night, a night, a night, a night, a night, a night, not forever. If it's more than a night, it's questionable. But joy comes what? In the morning. Hallelujah. So, a child is born, but a son is given. Your desire is to grow beyond being a child of God to be what? A son of God. Romans 8, 19. The entire world grows, travails in pain, waiting for somebody, not children, for 
the sons of God. Children are in the nursery. They need diapers. They need milk. They need to be pampered and petted. <laughs> sons are not in the nursery. Sons are about their father's business like Jesus was. Luke 2.49 Don't you know I must be about my father's business. When you're a son, you identify that you are a shareholder in your father's company. It goes down, you go down. It goes up, you go up. So nobody begs you to be in church as a son. <laughs> nobody begs a son to pray. Nobody begs a son to give. Nobody begs a son to fast. No, he's a son. He's a gift to mankind. <laughs> the world is waiting for sons. I think one of the undoing of the church today, Pastor Danison, is that we have taught only one aspect or one side of salvation. We've spoken about the new birth, but we fail to also, at the same time, in the same vein, emphasize the other side of the coin. What is that? Discipleship. It's a going into the whole world. What? Yes, get men saved, get them born again, get them baptized. But listen, but make disciples of all nations. Disciples. Only disciples can harass the scourge of hell being released in this day and age, not children. Disciples. Who are they? Daniel 11.32 They that do know the Lord their God shall be strong. Not just strong. They will do what? Exploits. Ask your neighbor, are you a child or are you a son? I see many babies around. They love to be pampered. You forgot my birthday. You didn't check up on me. You didn't call me. You didn't ask why I was not in church. <laughs> it's okay for children. But it comes a point in time you begin to look out for others as a son. Apostle Paul said, when I was a child, I spake as a child. So there was a when. First Corinthians 13, 11, I believe it is. I thought as a child. There's a thinking like a child. What is that? It is, it is the thought that you are a victim, not a victor. It is, it is, it is, it is childlike to think you are in need, rather than to think you have, you have what it takes to meet others' needs. Listen, no matter wherever you are in life, no matter what level you are, you are, you are, you can meet somebody's need. But a victim mentality will keep you to remain a victim. That means you always need something. <laughs> you have something to give. I thought, I spake. And I acted. But I became a man. I put away childish things. There comes a point in time you will put away childish things. You know, the Lord gave me this word, and I just believe it's preparatory for 2020. I know it's Christmas, but the Lord put this in my heart so clearly. And, and I sense what the Lord is, is, is tearing in my heart and in your heart is to turn a congregation to an army. I, I, I got that from heaven and I wrote it down. He said, one of your tasks in the coming season is to turn a congregation to an army. So we're not, we're not, we're not, we can't be here next year. An army! I mean, it's discipline, strategic. Very, very. They think of war. They have no time for uh, what's going on here, what shit, what time. No, it's war. I, I wonder how
how many people in this congregation will go through the metamorphosis of becoming a soldier of Christ? <laughs> Just a soldier of Christ, don't be entangled with civilian affairs. Civilian affairs. What you wear, how you came, who kissed you, who said hello, who didn't smile, who shook you. <laughs> civilian affairs. Somebody said war. He said, go ahead. I will help you. To turn a congregation to an army. What I need in this day and age is an army. A bride, but an army. We see also here, primarily in our text, two verses, that Jesus did not come to establish another religion. No, no. He came to establish and to introduce the kingdom of God. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Just the kingdom of God is here. It's here. He was a bringer and the introducer of the kingdom. Malala Bolos. Bible in that text. And the government will be upon his shoulder. This thing is about the government. It's about a rule from another realm, another world. And his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, of the increase of what? Of what? Of his religion? No. Of what? Of his government. That's authority. There shall be no end. And peace there shall be no end. Upon the throne of David and over his kingdom. Kingdom. See the word kingdom again? To order it, establish it with judgment and justice for that time forward. Even forever, the zeal of the Lord of hosts shall what? Oh, come on, talk to me now. The what? The zeal of the Lord of hosts shall what? Perform. Once again, please look into your neighbor and say, The zeal of the Lord of hosts shall perform. Perform. <laughs> Very important statement. That's where I want to happen for the next 20 25 minutes. The zeal. The zeal. I don't know what it is in your life. Kudagulaya, but the zeal of the Lord shall perform it. The establishment of the reign of Christ in your marriage, the zeal of the Lord shall what perform it. The establishment of your financial blessings from on high, the zeal of the Lord shall perform it. The establishment of your business, uh, whatever it is, the zeal of the Lord shall perform. Something is a performer is zeal. No zeal, zero performance. I'm going somewhere today. The zeal of the Lord. It was said concerning Jesus in prophecy, Psalm 69, verse 9, that the zeal of the Lord's house has eaten me up. Kudagula. It devoured me. Passion. As we say in Nigeria. It was doing him. Just thinking about the father and the kingdom. It was doing him. He came not to serve. Or not to be served but to serve. He came not to live but to die. Zeal of the Lord has consumed him. He was taking over his thoughts about seeing the kingdom established. Seeing the reign of Christ. But also seeing a people like him. He came not only to establish a kingdom, but to see a multiplication of himself as a seed. 
John 12, 24. That's him there. Except a cord of wheat fall down and dies. It remains so his dying was just, wasn't just for dying sake. He wasn't a martyr. Did you hear me? No, no, no. If you die now, you're a martyr. Your blood can't save me. You can't heal a dog. No. Nobody wants to do that. Listen, but his dying was a guarantee that multitudes of sons of glory will emerge. He died for a cause. For many more Jesuses to arise on the sea, to harass the devil. The matter. They killed him. No, they didn't kill him. He chose to die. Nobody could kill Jesus Christ. Verseless, <laughs> he opened not his mouth. What was led as a lamb to the slaughter? Why? If he opened his mouth, they would be dead. You know, you know the story when they came to seek him in the garden, and he said, he said, who, who's here? Am I twelve? They fell back. Just by saying, who's here? I am. Who are you? They fell back. They said, don't you know I can call twelve legions of angels right now to deliver me? Say, Peter, stop. Can your sword? Your sword can't save you. Can't save me. I'm dying by choice, by evolution, that many may rise to glory. It was about you he came. Not to be a child, to be a son. Unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. A son becomes a delight of the father. The father can eat from the hand of the son. <laughs> I remember some days, some years ago, before my father passed on, the Lord said in my heart a very simple instruction. To connect with him where he was in Hilton, Hilton Hotel. And I've said, share this before, I'll share it again. And take a worthy seed after the order of Isaac and Jacob. Venison. I, I found my way to his hotel room in a Hilton suit. Himself, myself, nobody anywhere. I made a few pronouncements. I said, Dad, I came to receive a father's blessing. I came with a seed. I took my own oil that had already blessed myself as a priest. Don't confuse me. I said, take oil. I nailed up. Bless me. Bless me. And he placed his hand on my head and made some dangerous pronouncements. I used the oil. I gave him. Boom. Man. Man, no millions of dollars could exchange that blessing. The blessing of a patriarch is still speaking. <laughs> what am I saying? He was not hungry. The money wasn't going to change his life. He could give that money tens of four over. But there was a delight that a father can eat from the son. <laughs> In his lifetime, uh, some of his children, actually two of his children, bought him a car in his lifetime. Small car, but we bought him a brand new car. As a mark of honor, one of his birthdays. And he drove it very joyfully. You see, you see he, he enjoyed driving that particular car because he, 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 his son, he was eating from his son. It's a blessing. But children are always taking. Unto us a child is born... Unto us a son is a gift. You are designed by God to be a gift to your generation. Don't be a part of the Nigerian problem. Be a part of the answer. A son. 
a son in the politic, a son in the health sector, a son in education, a son in oil and gas. Don't complain. Be a solution provider. A son. Be a Daniel. Be a Nehemiah. Be a builder. Not a destroyer. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Performance of anything in our lives as believers is by the seal of the law. Let's go deeper. I need to put some things out here. Beloved, I'm sure you already know it is possible to have a genuine prophetic word over and over your life. You have many of them like that. I do too. But a lack of true zeal for God and the things of God will hinder such hanging prophecies and blessings from falling. Lack of zeal. A genuine zeal for God, for his kingdom, for the things of God, after the order of Matthew 6.33, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things the Gentiles are crazy over. You have no need to make them prayer points anymore. My God, I'm telling you, this thing works. It may look stupid when you're doing it, but it works. It's a restful way to live in Christ. These things that many are dying for, they will begin to follow and pursue you. The Bible declares, Psalm 2, 3, verse 6, Surely, not with doubt, Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow you all the days of your life as you make Jesus your shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Psalm 2, 3, verse 1 and verse 6. A genuine zeal for God will naturally make you and I take the much needed responsibility to do what you need to do to see a manifestation of the prophetic word spoken in our lives. Those words come with responsibility. First Timothy 180. Son Timothy. Wage a good warfare with the prophecies which had gone ahead of you. Prophecies are not self-fulfilling. No, you, you, you use them as weapons of war to fight. I will live and not die to declare the wondrous works of Almighty God. With long life he will satisfy me and show me his salvation. The solitary he will plant in families. <laughs> He said to me, be fruitful, multiply, replenish, subdue, and have dominion. So I am fruitful. I'm a mother of my twins and my twins. You war with them. You're not designed to die a local champion. Do you hear me? No, no, no. The world is waiting for you. Eagles are about to fly from this house. Your amen sounds like it is revived. There is a staring of the eagle's nest and I want to announce to you Rogic Revival House of Glory International Church Horn of Revival Ministry and those joined to this altar across the nations you are about to fly you are about to fly you are about to step into the zone of no more limits the ceiling over you is breaking now. The walls that surrounded you, they are falling down now. The chains that helped you captive, they are breaking now. The fetters that helped you bound, they are cutting asunder now. 
Somebody shout yes, yes, yes. Hallelujah. The zeal of the Lord will perform it to make you take responsibility. Zeal will make you pray, make you fast, make you study, make you give, not stingy. I wonder when people say they want to prosper and their hands are so tight. So tight. I have people around me and their hands are like this. I said, no, you can't prosper like this. It's not, pos- it's not possible. You cannot prosper like this. No, it's not possible. The hand of the giver is always on top of the receiver. It's more blessed to give than to receive. I love to give. I'm praying that my life will be a seed to my generation. Like I said, like Apostle Paul, I poured up myself. I will pour up myself again. I'm not trying to take from you by God's grace. By his mercy and his grace, I want to give to you. And like this. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. I want you to pray for 60 seconds for grace for liberality. We need to break that ugly spirit over this place. Grace for stinginess. The Lord will deliver you, deliver me. Are you, are you putting that prayer? Open your mouth. Ask the Lord for a heart for liberality, a heart for generosity. Huh? With the same measure you give, the same measure you read. In scripture. Jesus said, freely receive, freely give. Father, thank you for grace that makes for increase in this house and multiplication. Enlargement of our courts and abundance. Limits broken. Limits broken. In the name of Jesus. What is zeal? Zeal defined. If you think that will help us. Is favor for a person a cause or an object. Zeal defined as favor for a person, cause or object. Another way to define zeal is eager desire or endeavor. Eager desire or endeavor. Wow. Get sweeter. What is zeal? It is enthusiastic diligence enthusiastic diligence when somebody is zealous they're enthusiastic they express enthusiasm over anything or everything they are zealous over another word that captures zeal is ardor a-r-d-o-r ardor means to be zealous beloved zeal speaks of passion And a genuine burning heart desire for someone or for something. If you're married, ever fallen in love before, you remember your first few moments of falling in love with your spouse before you married her or he married you and you got too used to him, got too used to his smelly socks and snoring, got too used to her smelly mouth and maybe her snoring too. I don't know what the case is. But if you rewind a little bit, you know what I'm saying? The moment where there was that, we call it magical spark in your heart. It's magical. When you see her, she looked like an angel. You didn't care about the spot on her face, the blemish. It didn't make sense. You were in love. You could, you could, you could, you could swim across the world to get a flower from, from, from Los Angeles for your love. You could kill bears and chimpanzees and monkeys and rats and 
for your love. Anything money could buy, you would buy for your love. If you were old school like us, when we, you know, many 20, 30 years ago, no, 30 years, 20 years ago, you know, you write those notes and, and spray perfume. Oh, yeah, yeah, you got, yeah, 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 yeah. You know my story. I'm not just, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I got some stuff. You know, you know, I have a joke to crack. <laughs> Kenny, don't, don't, don't laugh at me. You see, one of my sons, I've been trying to get him to hook up with somebody. And, you know, this guy is really, really anointed and spiritual. You know, like his father, you know. But I say, hey, guy, you, you got to be like me in another area. you got to have some style. Don't you have to talk to a girl or something? He took the girl for a date. I won't say where. But he tells me, Dad, can my next day be a prayer meeting? Say, what? I'm not against a prayer meeting. I'm Mr. Revival, but, 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 hey, hey, come on. It's a date. Get some style. God, I feel like praying the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Praise God. Beloved, true zeal and passion will naturally propel and motivate you towards a particular direction. A wise man once said that pursuit is the proof of desire. I can tell what you like, what you want, by what you're chasing after. Track with me. We're going to go deeper right now. The message just began now. Oh yeah. Trust me. <laughs> I can tell what you really like by what you desire. What you make out time for is what you desire. What you spend your money on is what you desire. You can't tell me you love a God you don't give to. You're deceiving yourself. You can't tell me you love a God you don't like to commune with or communicate with in the study and in prayer. Self-deceived. You can't tell me you love a God you don't love to fellowship with his people. No, sir. Somebody once said, in two areas I can tell what you really like, what you really love. What you spend your time on and what you spend your money on. Get your bank statement for 11 months. I, I, I dare you. I dare you. Print it out from the bank. Check where your most money has been going to. That's your love. Hello? For where the heart of a man is, that's where his treasure will be. You don't have time for God. No time for prayer. No time for GPPA. No time for midweek service. No time for Friday service. Hey, hey, but I, I thought I saw you hanging out in some point and kill while we're praying on Friday. You have no time? No, it's a choice you made. You have time for cinema, time for movies, time for sports. Can I tell you something? I want to be very brutal this morning. Anybody in this house who watches a program called Big Brother, you're not my son or daughter. If you are, you're a child. If you are, you're a child, and I'm waiting for you to grow up to be a son. But if you feed your soul on big brother, listen, I, I question your love for God. 
I want to be brutal. How can you expose your heart to nudity and it is fun to you? How could you do that? How could you? How do you explain that you're, 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 you're really a, a child of God with the love of Jesus? Something ain't right somewhere. You may be deceived, but I'm telling you the truth. You may not like me after this, but I love you still. I'm a man of God. You're, you're, you're too intense. Yes! I'm not ashamed. I want to be more intense. I hate nonsense like that. To close that devil from the Nigerian screen. You can sit down, watch all those things. You know those things? You know those things? What's that Indian thing again? What you get? You call it. Ah, you know it. Zero. And the many walls people are. You know the soap operas? You see, see, I'm not being legalistic. Don't get me wrong. I'm not against entertainment, but you see, there is clean fun and clean entertainment. These are the last days. The guy is so serious. Oh, look at me. I'm trying to be more serious. I'm not serious. I'm not, I'm not serious yet. I want to be more serious. That's my prayer for 2020. Be more serious. I'm hitting myself at the back. Bomb, bomb. Wake up. Good heart. You're not there yet. Come on. Come on. Get, get some fire. Please, please, please. As an eagle, you and I were meant to sow. Stop pecking the ground with other chickens. Is it, but, but they're Christians now. I even saw a pastor watching, uh, watching uh, uh, Z1, watching uh, 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 Big Brother. He's a pastor, he's a bishop. Is a bishop your example or Christ is your example? Is a brother or stay your example or Christ is? Christ said, flee, not from sin. No, sir, flee. Every appearance. Say, I'm too intense. No, I'll, I'll be more intense by God's grace. As the Lord helps me. Ah, are you here? Say, praise the Lord. Let's go deeper. <laughs> All right. Beloved, I want to close with this point. It's very necessary for us as believers. It's very important, especially drawing near to the end of the year. To constantly undergo what I call a personal heart examination. We need to examine our intents, our motives, and with that we're doing that with the aim, please listen, don't miss these points, next 10 minutes, with the aim of measuring or as they say in chemistry in titrating to identify where our zeal for God is. Do you get what I'm saying? Very important. You, you examine your heart by scripture, by the help of the Holy Ghost, with the aim of measuring where your zeal is. Because you know, it is possible for you and I to have begun where, but along the way, we got ourselves entangled with all kinds of things and all kinds of people along the way. Wrong association can affect your firepower. Wrong company. The company you keep will determine what accompanies you. You're charged by God to love every believer, but not to befriend every believer necessarily. Because there are believers who don't believe what you believe. You know what I'm saying? But they're believers. They're just 
They don't believe that you shouldn't sleep with your spouse before you marry her. They say, ah, it's old school. That was there. How will you know she can do it? Shake it up and stuff out. They're not reading the Bible. Something is deleting some of that kind of thought. How will you, how, how will you know what? <laughs> you know, I've heard some comments about, you know, let me not go there. Should I go there? I go, go there. Can you imagine men and brethren in a church and then uh, one can offer you the forbidden fruit and say, no, you can chop and clean out. Nobody will hear. Except you talk, I won't talk. Nobody will, will just, just clean out. Where is the fear of God? Where is the reverential fear of God in our day, in our generation? You think because no human being sees your wrongdoing, that God who's all seen, all knowing, all hearing, doesn't see? Something is not right. Hear what the Bible says. Second Corinthians 13 verse 5. Examine yourselves whether you be in the faith. <laughs> Prove your own selves. Know you not your own selves how that Jesus Christ is in you, except you be reprobates. It's a responsibility for you and for me to examine ourselves in the scriptures. <laughs> I shared with you about the first date, first love. You know how your heart was doing boom, 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 boom. Your heart ought to do boom, boom, boom 20 years after. It has to be cultivated, nursed, and nurtured. Right? It's important. Likewise, the Bible in Revelations 3, 2, 2, I think it is, one of the churches in Revelation, speaks about our first love. Right? Second, chapter 3, yeah. Our first love. And it says, we are to return to what? Our first love, because there's something about our first love. The Bible knows that. That encounter of you walking up the aisle to say yes to Jesus brought so much excitement in your heart. A ton of weight was lifted and raised off your shoulders. For some of us, we're very emotional about it. In tears, tears of joy for days on end. Others had different experiences, but not to go into all of that. The point was that there was a sincere love, hunger, and passion for Jesus the moment you generally said yes to him. Right or wrong? Right. But in the course of life, if we don't learn to nurture that first love, the burning zeal and fire that we encountered can begin to simmer and cool down. That's what happens in some churches, not here. How's a revival? <laughs> Newcomers get born again. They're so zealous and they want to do everything. They want to clean, they want to serve. John, every service team, want to do everything possible. But when, after three months, six months, they look at these leaders, not here, not this church, House of Revival, some churches. <laughs> look at pastors. He comes late. He doesn't only join prayer meeting. He's not there on Wednesday, on Friday. Ah. So, then their own love that was born and starts to simmer down. That's corruption of fire. May you not corrupt the fire of a new convert. May you be used by God to stoke that flame. Some people say, ah, is, is not Johnny just come now? 
We've been in Rodgers since we started at three years ago. We, we are pillars. We began in the prayer room. We're there. Before the Zerogic, I, I am. I am. Before Rodgers, I am. Cool down. You soon cool down. It's not, it's not like that. He said, take it easy. Don't go to all meetings. Don't pray. Don't, just take GBP just once in a week. As you feel, as you like. Take it easy. Just take it easy. Wonderful. Examine your heart to see whether you are in the faith. There are areas to examine our heart in. Our prayer life. Where is your personal prayer out? Not just GPPA, not just Sunday, Wednesday. Where is your personal prayer out? Are you still in the faith? Examine your word study. To what degree are we entering the word? Spending time in pondering, meditating in the word of the Lord. Examine ourselves in our witnessing. How regularly are we reaching out to the unsaved? How consistently are we reaching out? Examine ourselves. Our givings, to what extent is our means, our resource going into kingdom expansion in the various ways we know it to be? Because where your heart is, your treasure will examine yourself. Examine yourself. Are you consistent in church? Don't you realize, the Bible declares, that when we come to church, we appear on Mount Zion and we go from strength to strength. Are you forsaking the gathering of one another? Have you come to a place of Sunday, Sunday only? <laughs> Examine yourself. One of the things that kill the fire and the passion in the heart of a believer, number one, number one, is carelessness with basic spiritual discipline. You, just, you, you miss the rhythm of your prayer life. Your regular altar, 5 minutes, 10 minutes, 20, 30, 1 hour. It, it goes to no time anymore. You miss that rhythm. That rhythm of your word dosage. Your word, your, your church participation. Not just participating, but on time also. The discipline that goes with being a child of God. One of the things that kills the fire. How do you examine yourself when you see that the works of the flesh are bound in your life with no remorse whatsoever. The works of flesh is just, just there. And doesn't, you don't feel I need to work on it in faith and in the spirit. What kills fire? Wrong company. Say, bro, you're too fanatical. Take it easy. People like you have come and gone. Not, not to show for no, you're not in the right company. Iron sharpens iron. When you're not feeling all bubbly and hot, look for somebody to call and pray with. I do it myself. Hey, let's pray for 30 minutes. Why? Iron sharpened iron. Two are better than one. <laughs> so please, as the Bible says, let's examine ourselves. Why? This issue of zeal is important if there's going to be a performance. It says, the zeal of the Lord shall perform it. One of the greatest dangers I find in our day and age is when people sit in church pews and backslide. In church, backslide. In church, not in touch anymore. Clapping, jumping, dancing, but not quite in touch with the heart of our Father. Very dangerous. You know, backsliding, as the word infers, doesn't happen suddenly. Am I helping somebody this morning? I, I'm sure I am. I'm helping myself. 
the story was told about a frog put inside a bottom uh, inside a cold 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 jar of water kettle cold cold jar bowl fire under it heated the fire slowly 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 as the water was getting warmer gradually the frog that was swimming there was adjusting to the change of temp increasing temperature until the water began to boil and the frog fried in the water died it it was so accommodating to the little foxes and the little sins that were not addressed after a while it became accustomed to it you, you know help me lord have you been to a place before in your life in your walk with god where the things you knew three years ago four years ago to you was clearly an abomination after a while is that really that bad after all? Something is not right. The water heating up gradually, you are adjusting to it. And you say, everybody they dwell. No be everybody they dwell. Many, most may be dwell, but certainly it can't be all they dwell. Illustration again. Same frog. Thrown into a hot water already boiling. The frog jumped in. The moment the feet touched the hot water, boom, jumped out. There was a contrast between where the frog was coming from and where it's entering. So he escaped for his life. That, that, you see, so when the enemy brings sudden stuff, say, ah, no, this is bad. It's just bad. This, no, no, this, this is not, no, 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 this is not godly. No, 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 no. I can't get it. But when there's those small little things, the Bible says, take us, the little foxes, for what? My vines are of tender grain. Tender grain. But anybody who identifies in any way that the zeal of the Lord is not where it should be, a few things to do. Number one classic is to repent. Just ask the Lord to forgive you. Number two, ask the Lord to set your hand ablaze with fire of the Holy Ghost. Matthew 3, 11. It will baptize you with fire in the Holy Ghost. Number three, Identify wrong companies and run. Run from them. Run from them. Delete numbers. You know, <laughs> there's some numbers not here, are blocked for certain reasons. When conversations go on in a way that clearly become, becomes questionable, block. Safer than to be sorry. Shall we pray? Let's rise on our feet. You have two minutes to pray this prayer. You will hear my voice thunder and rumble. I will leave you to God. I leave myself to God too. To be told, I pray to you. I pray to myself. Talk to your God. 2020 is in view. If we run with horses and they worried us, how will we survive running with chariots? Jeremiah 12 as far. Can you ask for grace? Father, set my heart ablaze. Songs of Solomon 2.15. Deal with those foxes right now under this open heaven. God is here to help you. There's no message that is to condemn you. No, sir. It's to heal you, if anything at all. To provoke and challenge you. So you will not enter fire before it's too late. As I said to you, as the Lord spoke to you, I'm honest. He's speaking to me too. Shakos Kataya.
If you're not born again, this is the time to invite Jesus into your heart. No ceremony. Just where you are, Lord, I'm tired of falling and struggling. Sin today, repent tomorrow. One bed of fornication today, another bad daughter tomorrow. I'm tired of this licentious lifestyle. I'm tired of taking what is not mine. I'm tired of removing barriers that I've kept to keep me safe in you and justify myself. I'm tired of a double standard. I'm tired of hypocrisy. I'm tired of being a worker on Sunday, but on Monday, I'm struggling in many areas that certainly enough, I've compromised. I need your help. The Holy Ghost can help you. Invite his fire to burn anything that's not planted. So the axe is near to the root. Whatever is not planted by the Lord, he will root out. Matthew 3, in 10, I believe it is. Axe is near to the root. It's very quiet here. It's good for you to be quiet. Shantagabolos. Have one more minute. Can you plead the blood? I can't enter 2020 like this, my father. I need your fire. Unto us a child is born. A son is given. I want to be a son. Help me to undergo the process of being a son. No matter how painful or difficult it is. Help me. Can we pray for discipline? Grace for discipline. Discipline in our time investment. Discipline with our finances. Making God first. This is where people's shoes begin to pinch them. Time and money. But it's true. Your time, your treasure, your talents. Christ must be first. Wow. Something's happening here. I'm telling you. This is Gilgal. When Joshua 5, Gilgal, our hearts are being circumcised. Beloved, it will surprise you what people do. Outside Sunday morning. It will surprise you. Can she? Can he? Oh, God knows. <laughs> hey! I plead the blood of Jesus. Kotaka. Mercy! Can we ask for mercy as we close? Mercy upon this house. The church in Sardis were asked to repent. So they had done some things right, but they said, repent. Return back to your first love. So if you repent, the Lord will forgive. First John 1 9, if we confess our sins and fall to him, he's faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us of all unrighteousness. I want you to pray with me from your heart. Please, mean it. Mean what you say, say what you mean. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, I come to you on a day like this, being so grateful for this tailor-made word you brought my way. I'm thankful. I'm grateful for the convicting power of the Holy Spirit that bears witness with my heart that there are many areas of my life that requires your fire, your passion, your zeal. This morning, in the company of the saints, I ask you, Jesus, to forgive me in the areas of my laxity, lethargy, slothfulness, in areas 
I've invested where I should not invest. I repent. From today, I ask for the grace to make Matthew 6.33 to be my watchword for living from today. All of my earthly days, in the name of Jesus, I decree and declare unashamedly, Jesus Christ is both my Lord and my Savior. I turn away from sins. I turn away from compromise. In the name of Jesus, I give a praise for liberty and freedom and the healing that has come now on account of my sincere repentance. Thank you for the fire of revival reignited in my heart in the name of Jesus Christ. You have just experienced the preaching and teaching ministry of Good Heart Obi Ekweme, lead pastor of Revival House of Glory International Church, Rogic, and the apostolic leader of the Horn of Revival Ministry, a global outreach ministry mandated to carry the touch of revival across cities and nations. If you would like to ask a question, share your prayer request or testimony, or get more messages or books from Apostle Goodheart, please call or text 0805-223-4444 or email info at rogic.org. That is info at r-h-o-g-i-c dot o-r-g Also download the Horn of Revival Ministry app on Google Play or Apple Store to connect with a variety of quality resources including Rogic Radio and our refreshing daily devotions to take you higher in life. And for real-time ministry you can follow Apostle Goodheart on Twitter. The handle is at Pastor Goodheart and on Instagram the handle is at Apostle Goodheart. Keep hearing the Word of God. It will produce intimacy with your spirit for uncommon encounters on the earth.